Welcome to the Myth-Busting Lung Cancer Screening Podcast Series, hosted by Dr. Debbie Dyer. This podcast is brought to you by the American College of Radiology and the National Lung Cancer Roundtable. Hello and welcome to the Myth-Busting Lung Cancer Screening Podcast Series for Lung Cancer Awareness Month. My name is Dr. Debbie Dyer and I'm a thoracic radiologist in Denver, Colorado, and I'm talking today with Dr. Ella Kazaruni, a thoracic radiologist at the University of Michigan. And we're discussing our perspectives as radiologists on the myths surrounding lung cancer screening. And it's good to be with you today, Ella. I have a meaty question for you. What should a patient expect if their lung cancer screening CT is abnormal? Well, thanks, Debbie. It's great to be with you today to discuss this important topic. I described abnormalities into two groups. One are things that are suspicious for lung cancer, which is the reason we're doing lung cancer screening exams. And the second is what I will call incidental findings. These are other things that we see on the chest CT. So I'll try and take the question in two parts. For the first part, radiologists have a structured reporting and management tool called lung rads. And this tool defines by size of nodule, the type of nodule, and whether it's growing or not, how risky the findings are on a patient's lung cancer screening CT. Based on those findings, patients may have an abnormality that requires aggressive management. And by aggressive management, I mean immediate attention, something where they might be referred to a pulmonary medicine physician. They might undergo additional testing, such as a PET scan, potentially a biopsy, and may go down the pathway towards treatment, such as thoracic surgery or involvement of oncology. That type of most extensive management occurs in only a couple percent of patients who undergo a lung cancer screening examination as a result of the test. The majority of patients who have a lung cancer screening CT are going to have what we call a negative test. That may be that they have abnormalities that are completely benign that we know are not of concern at all, or very small nodules that are not likely to be significant for the patient at the time. And with those patients, they can return to annual screening in a year. But it is very important that with a negative screen, patients do return to annual screening in one year. Now, between those two groups, the negative screens, nothing concerning at this time, And the group at the other end I mentioned first, which have the highest risk findings where we're going to proceed on with immediate management, are the majority of the positive screens. These are nodules that are a little bigger than the negative screens. They're nodules that may be growing, and we want to do an interim check on those nodules to see what's happening with them. They're not big enough to be actionable but we do need to look at them and see if they're growing to see if they're changing. They might even go away between scans. So for most patients, about 8% of patients who undergo a lung cancer screening CT, they're going to need a follow-up CT, usually using low-dose technique, at about three to six months. And we're going to compare that CT at three to six months to their first screening CT and see what's happened with the lung nodule. If it's gone away, stayed the same, gotten smaller, we're not going to be concerned and they're going to continue with their annual low-dose screening examinations. But if it's grown, they're going to transition to more immediate attention because we're concerned that they may be having a a growing cancer. So there's really a spectrum of abnormalities. But for most people, 9 out of 10, their screen exam should be negative. For 1 out of 10, 
I may have a positive test result. And for most of those positive test results, it's going to be that interim CT checking on a nodule so that we can understand it better. Incidental findings are something that I think people may not be as much aware of. We've used chest CTs for a couple decades now to diagnose all sorts of things, not only in the lungs, but around the lungs, in the rest of the chest, in the upper abdomen, and the lower neck, which are all things you can see on a low-dose chest CT. So it's somewhere between 5 and 12% of people, we may find something that is significant or potentially significant to their health. This could be things that might be evidence of cancer in other organs, say the thyroid gland, which is at the bottom of your neck, right near the chest, something that might be sitting in your kidneys or other organs in the upper abdomen that could also be concerning for cancer. And those kinds of findings might need additional specific attention, depending on what we see. There could also be incidental findings in your heart and your vascular system. The things we most commonly see in the chest, particularly in people who are older smokers, is to see calcification in their coronary arteries. And the more calcification you have, the higher the likelihood you are to have a future cardiac event, such as a heart attack. And so it's important to not only identify that there's calcium present when we read these CTs, but to describe how severe it is so patients and their referring physicians can understand the significance. And lastly, within cardiovascular findings, we can see aneurysms aneurysms of the aorta in the chest or even in the upper abdomen, things that might need additional follow-up specific to those findings. So I know that was a lot, but it was quite a meaty question. So Ella, I really like how you presented that and you were able to express it as looking at not just for the nodules, but we're looking at the other incidental findings as well. And of course, it is, it's important that the radiologist be very clear as far as what they're recommending. But I also wonder what you, what your experience has been as far as multidisciplinary committees and particularly following those suspicious nodules. How can the radiologist participate in the multidisciplinary committee? I think when patients have a positive screen abnormality, it's important that the radiologist follow that through with a multidisciplinary group in their practice. For some healthcare systems, they may have a thoracic tumor board that usually manages patients who have suspected lung cancer or known lung cancer as to next steps in their diagnostic journey or in their treatment decision-making. For other practices, they may be able to have access to multidisciplinary programs through virtually connecting. We're so used to Zooming around our world nowadays to connect virtually online that's a great time to get connected virtually to a thoracic oncology program or multidisciplinary program if you're in a place that doesn't have one. So technology has really enabled that. Some programs have also started specifically lung nodule management clinics. We have one here at Michigan. We have a really engaged pulmonary medicine physician, Dr. Doug Ehrenberg, that has been a great partner. And together, we're able to refer patients who have abnormal screens that may need additional testing to the nodule program. And together we coordinate what we believe is the next best step in patient care and management. So forming those partnerships around a nodule management clinic or even a nodule management interdisciplinary panel review to make decisions together and make sure that they're in the best interest of the patient and all of their health, not just their lung nodule, but things that are important to their 
overall health and maybe other comorbid conditions that they have that contribute to decision-making is really important. And the radiologist plays a very important role in that. Yeah, I think that's so important. And one of the things that I've discovered as a member of our multidisciplinary committee is I'm sort of constantly having to, having to remind folks about, well, pet can, <laughs> what pet can do and what it can't do and when it's appropriate and when it's not. And, you know, doing a pet on a ground glass nodule may not be the best idea. So it's interesting. I think the radiologist certainly has a lot to offer. But to, as you say, it's important that they be part of the team. And sometimes the radiologist may be the one to be doing the CT guided biopsy. Or as you say, maybe there's another better approach if it would be bronchoscopy or otherwise. So thank you so much, Ella. Really appreciate your insight on this. Take care then. Thanks. Great to be with you today, Debbie. This podcast is brought to you by the American College of Radiology and the National Lung Cancer Roundtable.